What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Lukewarm Games Podcast, your weekly source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture. I'm your host, Luke Lewis, and this week I am joined by the Super Mario Master of Animal Crossing, Claire <laughs> Helmberger. How's it going? Um, it is going great. I think that's very fitting because I have started to accumulate a lot of Super Mario-related items that's why I in did my it. island. That's ah, why I'm very yeah. timely, very with, timely. The, with that DLC. Very and I heard recently on the GameSpot After Dark podcast from Cali Plaguey that it's not going away. It's not a timed thing with oh, that's the Mario good. items. So because yeah, you'll I think you'll be able to get everything you want. That's good because over can, time, yeah, you can only order five items per day through the store, um, and there are a lot more than five items. So I was worried about like I got a lot. Apparently, it every day you can like game the can. system though. Of, like if I ordered some stuff, yeah, and yeah. then sent you some stuff, and then we like went back and forth a little bit, you can like speed up the process. So it's so. not going away ever. I don't know about ever, but it's like it's not like a month thing or like a seasonal thing. Like it's here for a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. Although I forget what the date in March is, but Nintendo's really weird and cryptic with dates where they have like when they did the year of Luigi, there was a date where the year of Luigi ended. And everyone's like, Luigi's dead. <laughs> and there was like these like cartoons of Luigi's getting murdered in like Final, or not Final Fantasy, um, Mortal Kombat. Well, aren't you know, they, like, yeah, aren't they killing 3D All-Stars pretty soon? Yeah, here? that's a, well, I think at least you can't buy it. They're not going to like repress physical copies and then they're not going to be able to buy it. You might be able to buy it digitally still. I, I think, thought you couldn't. I thought is that the thing? That's what I thought. Mm, we'll have to confirm that later. I was thinking one of these times we should add like to following episodes. We should add a "You're Wrong" segment, like kind of <laughs> funny does on kind of funny games daily, where I can like fact check things. Yeah. That we say because I feel like most of the time we're pretty consistent about being right because we both follow the industry, but like once in a while, you know, yeah, it's like I think that's right, but not totally sure. Anyway. What are we here to talk about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what we're here to talk about. Um, this week, we have a very special episode ahead of us. Um, we are jumping into the entertainment realm once again um, to discuss some WandaVision, which just concluded this past week. But before we get to that, we have our weekly news segment, We've Got the News, where we break down interesting news topics going on in the gaming and entertainment industries. And this week, we're focusing on some entertainment news. This story comes to us from IGN by J. Kim Murphy. Stranger Things creator creators, the Duffer Brothers, Steven, and Steven Spielberg will be adapting Stephen King's Talisman for Netflix. The creators of Stranger Things have found their next project for Netflix. The Duffer Brothers are collaborating with Steven Steele's Spielberg's Ablin Television and Paramount Studios to produce Stephen King's The Talisman for streaming platform, per The Hollywood Reporter, Curtis Gwynn. A writer and executive producer on Stranger Things will serve as the showrunner on the project. The Talisman was written by Stephen King and Peter Strubb. The fantasy novel follows a teenage boy named Jack Sawyer searching for the talisman, an object that can heal his dying mother and save the world. Sawyer journeys across America and the territories, a grim parallel world to our own. Mm. Spielberg purchased the screen rights for the talisman in 1982, two years before the book was even published. In 2019, Mark Bake Barker, sorry, a frequent director on The Handmaid's Tale, was involved in adapting the work into a feature. Mm. The Duffer Brothers are currently busy at working on season four of Stranger Things, which is expected to premiere later this year. The series has expanded its cast for the next season, 
nabbing actors like A Nightmare on Elm Street's Robert Eglund and Game of Thrones' Tom... How would you pronounce his last name? I have no idea. Wushala. I'm not even going to guess. Wushala. Something along those lines. The Talisman marks the next project in a line of recent Stephen King adaptions from Hollywood, including Dr. Sleep and its film and its films, HBO's The Outsider, Hulu's Castle Rock in 2017, and Netflix released... Oh, in 2017, Netflix released two film adaptions, Gerald's, Gerald's Game and 1922. Sorry, that was a little fumbled at the end. There was a lot of information to get through. Um, yeah, some cool news. What do you make of this news? Are you excited for a Stephen King show from the creators of Stranger Things? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed The Outsider. We both did. So I and Yeah, I didn't know he was involved with that. That's really cool. Yeah, and so the, um, you know, another adaptation specifically from the Dever Brothers. We love the vibe of Stranger Things so much. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, and I think the fact that it centers on a teenage boy makes me think it's like in the realm of Stranger Things because it's kind of that's what I love most about Stranger Things is that like adolescent storytelling of like kind of the Goonies vibe of like kids going off on an adventure. So yeah. if we can get a little more of that, but maybe like a little more young adult yeah. with a teenage story. Um, I also think Stephen King has really cool source material. So to have something to go off of will be interesting um, to see how like they divulge from the original text and whatnot. Yeah, I'm interested to check out that feature film just to see. I'm wondering if we should watch it before seeing the show or not, just to have like go in with no expectations of the story or go in with a little more understanding of what to expect. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think personal um, preference. I think for most people, but for me, I enjoy watching the adaptations without knowing the source material. Um, uh, Especially, you know, from what I heard about people who had read it. And then watch the movies or, you know, read it after watching the movie um, when the first movie came out. It Sounds was like just more, like... It was troublesome, you know what I mean? Yeah, People there was a lot like of... it as much, which yeah. kind of goes with every book into movie adaption. Well, I think that, th- that there was also a lot of um, things that happened in the book that were a little bit less um, appealing to a lot of readers. So I think there were a lot of people... Who, I think from what I've heard of the book... I am glad I didn't read it. I think I liked the movie better than I would have liked the book. So I think I'm probably just going to stick with watching the adaptation. Yeah, That's fair at this point. And then you can always go and read the book after the fact if you want more of that world. This is true. Um, Yeah, that's probably kind of the best way to, if you want to enjoy the movie, in this case TV show, but like the property. Yeah, just like enjoy it on its own and not have, you know. Expectations going in of what's it going to be. What's going to happen for sure. Definitely. Exciting things to look forward to. Let's move on to our title track this week, which is our WandaVision review. We're going to start spoiler-free, and then we'll jump in and talk about all of our um, impressions of the show and our predictions going forward for the MCU and all of that good stuff. So, Claire, let's kick it off. Yeah. Spoiler-free, what did you think of WandaVision as a whole? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so cool, Um, and it was so different, and it was just entirely its own thing. Definitely. And I really just enjoyed every every minute of it. How about you? Yeah, I loved it as well. Um, it was one that I think I went into with very low expectations. Not because I'm not a huge fan of the MCU, because I am, but it was just 
a wand a show centered around wanda and vision i loved their relationship in the mcu movies especially in like infinity war leading to vision's death like i really mm-hmm. felt that death and yeah, i felt how much sure. they cared for each other but i didn't necessarily need more of their story yeah um so i was like oh this could be interesting and at, at that point we hadn't seen any television adaption of the mcu on disney right. plus yet but I was excited just based on um, Mandalorian season two. I was like, yeah. wow, Mandalorian season two was so fantastic. And I feel like Kevin Feige has such a solid understanding of what the MCU needs to be. Yeah. And they have such a great plan that I was like, okay, I'm in. We're going to watch it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be great. And it kind of blew my expectations out of the water with just, like you said, how different it was. Yeah. And how weird it got at points and how I never knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, Without spoiling anything specific, Andrew Reiner, editor-in-chief of Game Informer, tweeted out this morning, he loves how much WandaVision trolled its audience. (laughs) And I don't mean that to say that, like, expectations don't pay off and whatnot, but, like... They plant so many little seeds and threads for things that raise questions for the audience member. And I think they do a really great job about making this small, more intimate television show connect to the greater MCU and have a really big effect going forward for like future films like it's not just like this spinoff that doesn't matter it's like no this really matters this is the first thing we've seen of marvel's phase four right and yeah sorry i'm like gushing but (laughs) i think it's really exceptional and i think paul bettany and elizabeth olsen just crush it yeah they Um, do in terms of acting like so good especially elizabeth olsen i think she just like if they couldn't sell it i don't think this show would work and they totally do yeah for sure do you have anything else to add before we get into like more story specifics and things like that? Um, not spoiler free. I mean, I totally agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched the show, definitely check it out. Yeah, I think I would say too for anyone that's like on the fence, like if you enjoy the MCU and you haven't subscribed to Disney Plus yet, I would say like jump in now, get in on this wandavision action and then in two weeks we're getting falcon and the winter soldier which looks fantastic which we'll talk about more later in the episode but it's just like there's a new marvel mcu thing every week for the rest of the year and in a year where we can't go to movie theaters and everything is still really hard amidst this pandemic it's great yeah it's a great thing to look forward to it is it's been it's been wonderful all right folks well the gloves are off we are going spoiler (laughs) filled um we're at a little over 10 minutes in um so yeah if you haven't watched wandavision and you would like to and don't want it spoiled for you please stop listening save this episode come back when you're ready and you can hear what we think yeah um but oh my god i want to jump to the ending Mm -hmm. first just because i think that's the big like elephant in the room that we've been waiting to talk about yeah and then we can kind of backtrack to what the rest of the show was Mm -hmm. in terms of plot um but what a cool show and what a cool lead up to the end of i think we all kind of saw it coming of vision dying again you know what i mean and wanda having to lose everything again Again. and how soul crushing that was and how much i felt for her character and how um everything with her creating that world and like fully realizing her powers as the scarlet witch and the implications going forward of potential multiverse and 
her training with Doctor Strange that we see in that post credit scene featuring music from Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really excited, like I was saying in the spoiler-free section, I'm really excited about what this is setting up yeah. for the future installments of the MCU because it matters. Like, everything that happened in this is, like, playing with mental health in really interesting ways and, like, introducing more magic and fantasy elements into the MCU that we had a little bit with Doctor Strange, but now it's, like, fuck, anything can happen. You know what I mean? Like, they can do so many interesting things with these stories. What did you think of the ending? Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that um, the ending was, in in a way, kind of what we all expected and hoped would happen. Um, like I know earlier on in the show we were like, man, I really hope there isn't a big bad because you know, it. I feel like it's centering more on her grief is way more interesting than yeah. if it's some guy or gal or whatever manipulating her from afar. Um, and so in, in a sense, I think it was what we had expected and hoped it would be. But there was also so many of those seeds you mentioned planted for the future that it was just really intriguing in ways that weren't expected. So very yeah. cool ending. Well, and I think I'm going to reference kind of funnies in review a couple times on this episode because I think they make really salient points that I agree with. But one thing they said was they thought this overall was a good ending to a a fantastic show. Mm -hmm. I think that was Andy Cortez who said that. And I, I totally agree with that sentiment because I think there were a lot of seeds planted and they do a great job of addressing everything. Mm hmm. And answering our questions and leaving us with some questions as well. But there were some setups that I felt were a little underwhelming in terms of the payoff. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, the big one was one of the coolest moments in the show was when Quicksilver appeared. Mm -hmm. I think it was at the end of episode five. It was the one right before the Halloween episode. Yeah. I believe it was at the end of episode five. But what a cool reveal to see... Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men universe pop up in here and they have this playful thing of like, oh, he was recast, this and that and that. And Mm -hmm. it's so cool to have it pay off with the boner joke rather than introducing a multiverse where there's different Quicksilvers, there's different other characters. You know what I mean? Like unpacking this giant can of worms and a sense of what's possible in the MCU they kind of just downplayed it. It was like, no, it's just a cool reference. And it's like, that's, I'm glad it was there, but I'm also like, oh, I thought that was leading into something yeah. that was going to be really big and Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. But maybe they're just saving that kind of a tie in for later. Maybe they don't want to tie in the Fox universe specifically and they just wanted to give a fun Easter egg for yeah. fans of both universes. What did, What did you think? Of specifically, like, the payoff of things that were set up in this episode. I think that if you were, like, really hoping that this would lead to, you know, if you're, like, really in tune with all the universes and you're hoping this would lead to the multiverse and you know the source material and stuff, I could see why it it didn't feel like a good payoff. For someone who doesn't have all of that context, though, and is just watching the show for what it is, Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't think that that lack of payoff was really there i think that if you look at it as more of like a fun easter egg for the people who are in the know and for people who aren't in the know it's just this neutral thing it's like oh that's a different actor oh it's because it wasn't really him okay moving on um and i think it's important too to keep in mind going off of what you said like it 
if you look at it as Wanda and Vision's story, I think there is absolutely a perfect payoff to mm-hmm. that. And I think it sets up Wanda in a really interesting place going forward. It's just that like overarching impact on the MCU overall that I was expecting to see. Yeah. But it only time will tell what um Marvel wants to do with the X-Men property. Right. And how they're gonna integrate that. Will more actors from the Fox X-Men movies come in or will there be recast? Will we get like a Cyclops movie reboot or a Wolverine? Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get a Wolverine because Hugh Jackman has said he doesn't want to continue. Like Logan was his swan song. So like we're going to get a new Wolverine. But like we're probably years down the road from seeing like an X-Men proper, like fully established because I assume what they're building to in the MCU, without jumping to our predictions segment too quickly, I think they're building to Avengers versus X-Men, which is mm-hmm. like the big Secret Wars like plot line that they're... That's the next like big comic event that they have to cover after right. Endgame and the Infinity War and all that stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I think I agree overall that I think... The payoff was there for most things, but just some of those little Easter eggs, I didn't feel like um, totally paid off. And I also want to elaborate on your point where you said we were glad that there was no big bad in the Mm -hmm. show. Because while there wasn't a big bad, I felt like the reveal of Agatha Harkness, Catherine Hahn was fantastic, but I felt like the timing of her reveal was odd to me. I don't know. What did you think? I just didn't view her as the big bad. I think that no, she... No, I didn't either. But at was, the time, I kind of yeah. thought she might be. That's why I was worried. But now that I have the holistic view, I really like what they did with the reveal. Yeah. But at the time, I was uncertain, I guess is how I should have said it. At the time that that was revealed, I don't know. I didn't feel that way because I didn't. I still didn't feel like... I think they immediately showed that she was like, I've been here. I've been in the background kind of messing things up. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't the one who brought wanda there or helped her create the hex or showed her how to do yeah. it or manipulated her and or anything because at that point it become clear that like to an extent she was obviously completely responsible for the right. hex but she also like wasn't fully aware of every aspect of what she was doing um so there was still a possibility that there might be some other person out there manipulating her or it could still just be you know a manifestation of her own grief and Agatha was just there like she happened to be there or you know as we later found out she sought out Wanda when she realized how powerful the the magic was that was going on that point is specifically what turned me around on the reveal as I was like oh you're just here to find out how Wanda did this yeah and then that retrospective episode where she goes back through all the memories with Wanda is so it's so cool yeah so I guess w- when that reveal happened and it like showed her mucking around with things, I wasn't like, oh, she's the big bad? I don't know about that. It seems weird that we know this already. And I was just like, oh, this introduces a new level of complication. And there's still probably more that we don't know. Right. Which ended up being the case. So I guess I just didn't have that same reaction. At that point, I was still convinced that Hayward was the big bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm also glad that they just made him... He was kind of a throwaway character, honestly. Yeah. Like, we didn't really need him, but he I had to be there for the, like, military presence to be relevant. But honestly, like, 
I was way more interested in um, what was going on with Wanda. And we haven't even talked about Monica Rambeau, who will go on to become Photon. And in this series, we see her get her powers. powers, And that was really cool, too. I was trying to think about it. And they talked about this on Kind of Funny as well. But have we seen another MCU character's origin story within the universe in terms of like the moment they get their powers? Because if you think about it, like Spider-Man Homecoming, Peter has his Spidey abilities. I mean, a lot of the original, like original like first, because we saw we see Tony Stark's origin story in the first Iron Man. And, and we, we see, see Captain, Captain America. And if Thor you, has his powers as a god, but different situation. And if you count situation. the first Hulk movie. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I guess I just meant like. I guess it's been a while since we've seen yeah. an origin story. And I guess it, it's cool, once again, that this happened in the show. Yeah. Because, once again, it connects it. Because we see that Monica, at the end, when the scroll comes up and is like, hey, what's up? Your mom sent us. You know yeah. what I mean? We're going to be cool. doing stuff. So I assume she's going to be a key player in Captain yeah. Marvel 2 coming down the line. For sure. Um I do but, think it, yeah, it was really cool that it, we got to see her origin. I think, I think there have been a fair number of origin stories recently, though, too, when you include like Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and stuff. Like those are pretty recent releases as well. That's true. That's true. I guess I just meant like within this TV show, I didn't expect to get to get an origin that story for another. <laughs> of, yeah. yeah, I guess more. That's what I meant. But that's a fair point with the other characters. Um, let's talk about some of the other characters that we got to. experience in this show we had darcy lewis the like scientist from the thor series we had coming in clutch in the end after being gone for like two episodes i know (laughs) i like to think that the whole thing with the clown car and her getting stopped at every traffic light like she was constantly trying to get there the whole time yeah just finally made it for that last encounter yeah which was really funny um but let's talk about jimmy woo who was one of my favorites yeah in the show um I think Randall Parks has Randall Park has great comedic timing. Um, he's just such a wholesome guy, and he adds this level of like, just like I like I like his vibe that he yeah. adds to this. Um, but what did you think of like the outside of the hex stuff? So we had Wanda and Vision experiencing their story, but then we had the outside of the hex trying to break in in terms of like Darcy and Monica and Jimmy. What did you think of their plot i really loved how that was all set up how we had the first couple episodes of just in the hex and maybe something's a little bit wrong and then like at the very end of the episode you saw like the pen get moved outside of the tv screen and like that was it that you saw from outside Mm -hmm. and then it it, like jumped back to the beginning and it showed you know monica rambo like coming out of the snap snap, which was such a stunning opening i honestly think that was the coolest moment in the series i loved in terms of like it was so powerful playing with expectations and like i didn't know that we were gonna get out of the sitcom realm yeah because so many of the trailers of wandavision had been really focused on that playing with sitcom tropes and like different styles of cinematography and whatnot that I had no idea. And it was really, really powerful, like you said. Yeah. I think the way that the the franchise explores the, like, psychological and human effects of the snap is always going to be so fascinating. And the way that they're, like, sprinkling it in a little bit here and there, like, in Far From Home when 
you know, it was like, he's not really 21 because he was snapped, you know, with right, Flash trying yeah. to with, get the alcohol like the and like, kids, yeah. and like just the, the, we were gone and now my younger brother's older than me, like, ha ha ha. Um, but then we see like the moment everyone comes back and the hospital's in chaos and it's like, they're just sprinkling in these moments of like, this is a real thing that happened and what are the effects of it instead of like right. really hammering and us like, in. And like, we see so Monica react to like her mom before the snap being cured of cancer and in remission five years later after the snap her mom's dead right and she has to come to terms with that and seeing her reaction and how she's grappling with that is like crazy and then we get introduced to sword this new organization um yeah well not new organization but like we haven't seen a ton of sword in the mcu outside of captain marvel right um but yeah the just so cool yeah. it's so cool and like you said getting to see the after effects of the snap and based on the setup in wandavision i have to imagine that's going to be an ongoing thing going yeah. forward which i was worried they were just going to brush past it and be like here's a bunch of new characters and they're all fine and we're going to yeah. build up to another end game avengers type thing but they're like everything is connected and yeah. every film references every other film and it's like it's amazing the level of work and planning i can't even imagine the like serial killer level like wall yarn map that they would have had to mentally make to execute this um we haven't let's now let's get into like when we're talking about the plot let's talk about um the specific like sitcom styles and how we start in the 50s and each episode moves up a decade and we get all these amazing like I Love Lucy and Bewitched and Modern Family and all the and Malcolm in the Middle like all these amazing homages to sitcoms um what did you think of just like the style of this show I thought that it was incredible and just the way that it brought you like right back and do you know exactly what what they're referencing mm-hmm. and it just it was so well done and so well acted and produced and like with the the film angles and everything it just felt so well thought out um for me the coolest moment was getting to see in the flashback episode that the the tapes of all the shows that Wanda's father brought home for them to watch and that was our favorite thing to watch together were those shows so it was like she was building them based on that childhood experience she had and you could see all the the old tapes that was really cool i love how they justified why she was doing it and why she chose those shows right and i i shout out to just like the production design across the board on all these shows like seeing like oh my god her house looks like the brady bunch she's wearing 70s clothes you know what i mean like little nods and like i love how they took like plot lines within those sitcom episodes that like easily could have been a plot line in those old sitcoms but then twisted it with like oh like in the i love lucy pilot um wanda has to make vision or vision's boss's wife and dinner and everything and then she's like using magic to make lobster and all this stuff and messes it up and then ends up making breakfast for dinner and like but seeing like the black and white kitchen but there's like bowls and everything floating around and she's moving things with her mind and all this crazy stuff and the it's such a cool little like touch yeah to this universe of that's when i knew i was like this show is something special and i have no idea where it's going yeah and how far it's going to go definitely I think that's probably true for most of us, at least for me, 
for sure watching the first couple episodes and being like this is so cool this is so zany who thought we would have seen this you know from in the within the mcu um this like take on these characters and where it ended up in the end was just so far beyond where i thought it could and would go so i thought that i totally agree that was really cool um did what did what did you think about kind of the scale of what we got and because we've talked a little bit about different aspects of the ending um and about how like the the different easter eggs paid Mm -hmm. off but when it comes to you know future um including future characters like we know that the multiverse of madness is the next thing that wanda's going to be in and like we've talked about you know photons origin story is included in this so like when it comes to how this is going to branch off into future um installments in the franchise what did you think about what it set up in the finale i guess i think it did a really great job of making the storyline matter for the greater mcu Mm. like we've talked about a little bit um I'm super excited for Multiverse of Madness because I think Wanda will play really well off of Doctor Strange and that post-credit scene where she is astral projecting and she has the book and she's at that cabin and we hear Doctor Strange music playing. Um, Based on that, it's presumed she's already been training with him a little bit because he's the only one in the MCU that knows how to do astral projections. Although it seems like Wanda is the most powerful quote-unquote sorceress mm-hmm. in the mcu you yeah, know what i mean that's so, what agatha said you're more powerful than the sorcerer supreme right so it's possible that just using the like tomb she had she figured out how to do astral projection it's without possible. him but i think he's like you said after we finished she's the probably music, involved yeah and the specific like way she was holding her hands and like the symbols that we saw i think they I want us like, to assume dr strange yeah. is involved yeah that's yeah. what i took it as too um, and the, yeah, the remote location. It just makes me super excited to For see sure. more of Wanda. Um, and we haven't talked about like Vision specifically, but like we said, we looked up right before this that White Vision is, I don't know if that's his name. The, there's no official term for him <laughs> yet. But anyway, the... Or anti-Vision, I think some people have taken to call okay, him. Okay, but, but anyway, wh- and. White I think the vision, white vision is the white vision <laughs> is still out there somewhere yeah. and it'll be interesting to see like if wanda and him meet again presumably yeah. in the future how that will go um he has the memories of vision but maybe not the like the emotional the personality yeah or levels the and the, the connection and so um kind of funny talked a little bit about this on their spoiler cast but about just like how in the comic universe, Vision doesn't remember Wanda, and Wanda wants to be with him and all this and that. But I feel like they did such a good job of showing how Wanda was able to let go, finally, yeah. and find that yeah. closure. Um, that I don't really feel like there's going to be much about like her trying to get back to white vision and fix it and make it better like i think she's past that and i think she's now just trying to become like the most badass sorcerer ever well that being said in the final cut scene when she's in the cabin presumably after or during her training with dr strange you hear the voices of her children while she's reading that book so i think she's trying Trying to to bring her kids she's trying to figure out where they are where did they come from because they were i mean i think we can all agree that you know those kids probably weren't just a figment of her imagination like yes she created them with her grief and her mind and her powers and they weren't really there because they dissipated 
but right. they were their own people and she wasn't like just controlling them and making them do what she wanted them to do they were they were their own well and i also like, don't think she like beers. chose to give them powers you yeah. know what i mean like i don't think she chose to give her kid was it tommy or billy that had quicksilver powers I think Billy had the Quicksilver powers and, and Tommy, Tommy had, had the, the vision, mind, the mind control, flying yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I Honestly, we haven't talked about like our favorite moment of the series, but I guess we did a little bit in roundabout ways. But one of my favorites was when Vision and Wanda and the kids are about to square off with yeah. the military and there's Agatha. like that Incredibles shot where they all like take their fighting stances. Well, no, I it was an homage Marvels. to the original Avengers. No, I know, but I'm I'm just oh, saying it because okay. they're a family. It, it reminded you of that. that. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, it's the OG Avengers because they're doing the circle round and they yeah. shot it the same way, and it was like that's such a cool no, reference. Really cool. Um, but like, I love the line of boys. Your mother and I didn't prepare you for this, but then Wanda's like, "But you were born for it," and like <laughs> it's cheesy, but it's dope. It was and dope. then like little Quicksilver kid runs through, rounds up all the guns, yeah, Billy, <laughs> and just loops it, and it was awesome. Which you haven't seen X Men Days of Future Past, but there's this incredible scene with Quicksilver where he runs through a kitchen. And he, like, disarms the guys, and there's, like, food flying in slow motion. And it's, like, it's the coolest scene for me in the Fox X-Men movies outside of, like, Logan. Yeah. Like, in the X-Men proper series. It's such a cool scene. And I was waiting for that to happen with Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. But then we got a little of it with Billy, which I thought was fun. Yeah. Um, Could have done with more, but that's okay. <laughs> um, One day. Um, But, yeah, it was... It was cool. Yeah, it was a super cool moment, and... Um, yeah, I don't know what'll be the future for the boys, if we'll see more of them down the line or not. I don't know. I think Wanda has some work to do on herself yeah. in terms of like fu- like the immediate future. Yeah, I'm really I'm really curious to see where her storyline goes with like the the Scarlet Witch. You know, who is the Scarlet Witch? How did she get her powers? The fact that the Mind Stone is like embedded in her even though in this current universe it like doesn't exist anymore um because of the destruction of the infinity stones um and all that i'm also interested to see what happens with the white vision and if they do come into contact with each other i feel like they already had the moment of like vision is it really you and then he like tries to kill her and then she's like oh it's not really you and i'm not sure if she's gonna like try to go back to him after that and be like remember i'm trying to remember in the episode did white vision come into contact with wanda after the in-universe vision like gave him all the memories and stuff okay what i interpreted that as is is vision our vision imbued him with a little bit of his like own essence but not the memories and then he and then he was like you have access to the memories they're just keeping it from you know they're just being kept from you hmm. and i think he flew off to go and figure out what was what being fuck? kept from him and like i th- that's interesting i interpreted it more as like he has the memories now but since he's like a robot creation he's like og vision like he has to like learn and grow to get back to yeah. that point because if you think about like age of ultron vision and even like early civil war vision there's a lot less emotional like depth and complexity than the vision we see paul bettany portray in like infinity war 
Right. He's gone on like a journey of growth and like emotional development. Yeah. That I'm wondering if White Vision is starting at square one of that. It's also interesting because the White Vision was created in a much different manner. Like he was meant to be this like weapon and this, he has the, the, the prime directive or whatever, whereas that is not what our vision was how how he came mm-hmm. into being so i think how i interpret it in flying off it's like our vision was was saying you know information is being kept from you you're being told to do these things you know that you know maybe you should question that and then i think the white vision was like oh i'm gonna get to the bottom of this and like flew off to right. go you know discover yeah, more about himself and his creation and his purpose and i think that's probably what he's gonna End up, end doing. up doing it is like rebelling against his intended purpose of creation of being this like super soldier to be controlled because he is an artificial intelligence unit he is gonna develop his own you know thoughts and opinions on matters and um i think that it, it was also really interesting how that um played into you know hayward's mission of like he wanted to take out wanda because i initially thought he was trying to retrieve uh, earlier retrieve on the show vision. retrieve vision because well that's he what wanted, they were setting up that he wanted to use him as yeah. a weapon but then it turned but out he actually had he had a weapon he wanted to get rid of wanda and so i'm curious if there's going to be more on like why because it, it i don't think it was just to get rid of the hex because like um there was that conflict earlier on in the show between hayward and monica and agent Wu of like we can you know we can go in there we can talk her Mm -hmm. down we can help her you know respond to her emotions and let the people go because she probably just doesn't understand that she's like hurting all these people i interpreted that more as like hayward didn't want wanda to find out his plans for the real vision and he knew she had the power to totally stop anything he was gonna do turning vision into a weapon so he just wanted to eliminate her so that then he had free reign to go and turn Vision into a weapon and do all of his evil shit that he wanted to do. Yeah, that's possible. But then he couldn't just walk away from the Hex because it was way too public of a thing yeah. by the point like they were in too deep to just like let it go. Like there were people being held hostage and like yeah. Wanda was endangering these people in the eyes of the government. You know yeah. what I mean? So. I think that I I just didn't think there's much more to it than that, but there could be. Yeah. That's why I kind of thought Hayward was a throwaway character gotcha. because it was like, what did he add to that? Like nothing really. Yeah, just the the face of the or you know. I will say organization. The, yeah, I will say the the coolest aspect of his character was the reveal that Wanda didn't actually steal Vision's body. Yeah, that like was cool. that's what we all thought happened, and that she stormed in, and you're she's a terrorist, and this and that, and then yeah. we find out that she just manifested everything, and that made it so much more interesting. Because back to our conversation about like what does the show mean for the future of the MCU? If she has the ability to just manifest yeah. an entire universe in this little Westview bubble the hex like once she understands astral projection projection and she trains with dr strange and she does all these things like it it could mean so much for the universe and then we're getting into like the creation of mutants and leading into the x-men and fantastic four and all these different elements that could be really compelling yeah definitely i think that there's a lot um that can come of this now that she is like the fully fledged Scarlet Witch, and when she starts training with Doctor Strange, and we know that it's the multiverse of madness. So I think 
think shit's gonna get wild. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited. I think there there are fewer and fewer rules about what the MCU needs to be going forward, yeah. and that's great. Yeah, I mean, we have magic, we have witches, we have gods. We, we had gods for a while, but like, <laughs> yeah, there's space. Everything's just all happening at Everything's once. Everything's out there, and it's yeah. cool. Everything's um, on the table. Before we go into some predictions for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, who was your favorite character overall in WandaVision? My do you think? favorite character. And you can have more than one just for discussion purposes. I had, I think I might have to think about that a second. What was, who are you, who was your favorite character? Um, well, aside from Wanda and Vision, because I think right. they steal the show. <laughs> they do. And I think their relationship is fantastic. And I think Elizabeth Olsen especially brings a level of believability. You feel her emotions. You feel her pain. Just like the people that she took over their brains in Westview. You feel her hurt. And you feel everything she's been through. And I think that's incredible in the way it's conveyed. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Katherine Hahn because I think yeah. her abilities as a comedic actor, I was really only familiar with her as a comedic actor. I think she is fantastic in the early episodes as this funny, nosy neighbor. You know what I mean? It's going to be a gas. Like, yeah. um, she totally sells that. But then it's such an amazing flip when she turns into reveals herself as Agatha Harkness and she's this crazy villain witch and she's fierce and she it's badass and it's awesome. And I know I saw a lot of people pointing out like the Disney channel original movie vibes of like the broad daylight, witch fight and like the CG didn't look awesome in that, but like her performance definitely sold it for me. And I think there are very few actresses that can flip from like serious to comedic to action in the way that she did in this series and she's very versatile so i hope we see more of her character and there's that great moment where wanda like imprisons her in westview permanently as the nosy neighbor agnes and that was like fucked up and crazy but also like whoa that's really interesting for that character and you have to imagine she'll be called upon at some point down the line yeah to join the sorcerer fight that's building up potentially in Doctor Strange, but I have a feeling we'll have to wait a little bit longer before we see her character again. Yeah. How cool would it be to see Catherine Hahn in an MCU like movie blockbuster? I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I, so I, cool. Yeah, and, and I think she did such a great job and totally deserves it. Yeah. So. I think all of the um, like background characters who are just existing in the hex and yeah. doing their own thing, and like but suddenly being like fighting for their sense of identity internally they all did a great job (laughs) yeah what a great background cast um i really love monica rambo's character though i was gonna say i want to give her a special shout out too but i honestly feel like her character was underutilized i just think that i could have used more yeah but i mean at the end of the day the show wasn't really about her i think that they're most more setting up what um, she's gonna gonna do. do in the future I really hope that she's a key part of Captain Marvel too, and that yeah. she we get to see her like transformation into a full on superhero. Yeah, I also thought the moments where she was in the show and when the spotlight was on her, she did shine. Yeah, like she well, she and, brought so much emotion and depth to her to the character. And we were talking about I think my favorite moment in the show is her scene yeah. where she's in the hospital after the snap yeah. and it's flipped from the sitcom that it was the prior three episodes and we get to see outside of the hex for the first time. Like that was amazing. And one of my favorite moments. And that was totally based on her performance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many moments throughout the show where you see that moment, like, in her emotions etched in her face. You know what I mean? Like, you feel everything that she's feeling in those moments because she just brings you along for the ride. So I think that she was an incredible character in the show. And I really love that, that addition. Nice. I want to give one more shout out to Jimmy Woo because yeah. <laughs> there was a great tweet that came out around episode four when he appeared for the first time about how wouldn't it be cool if there was an MCU show starring Jimmy Woo that was in the style of the X-Files and he was just investigating cases within the MCU. Yeah. And I would thought to like, we've been watching Fringe, I for the first time and you're rewatching it because it's one of your favorite shows recently. And I was like, oh my God. I didn't know I needed this in my <laughs> life, but I do, no, and I think cool. it would be awesome. Definitely. That would be cool. I also really loved the moment when he first appeared, the, the payoff. The the payoff of him learning the close-up magic Oh my god, I forgot about that. Trick. That was so great. <laughs> I flipped out when that happened, because I loved his banter back and forth with Scott Lang and Ant-Man. Yeah. And the spe- well, Am- Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because he's not an Ant-Man proper I don't think he is, no. Because it's... Um, he's his probation officer for while he's under house arrest right, after right, the right, events right. of Civil War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that was a great payoff. And I think his character, like I said earlier, the comedic timing. It's just no, it's it was awesome. impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we talked about our favorite characters. What was your favorite sitcom that was represented oh, in the show? Um, I, ha- I loved all of them, but I think the novelty of the first episode of I Love Lucy just really got me because i that was the one where i was like this show's gonna get weird yeah but and play on tropes in a really unique way um but i loved each episode more and more in the sitcom representations because it added a new layer of like we're going deeper things are gonna get weirder you could see Wanda's world start to fall apart slowly bit by bit and i thought just the pacing of it was really impeccable but yeah, I think the I Love Lucy, but I think my favorite aspect of the sitcom angle is how just they nailed the vibe of each sitcom right. so excellently. And we've been watching a ton of Modern Family recently, and like when they get to that, ep- the fourth wall break episode, they do that interview style segment breaks yeah, the, so the well. The mockumentary. Yeah, and they have the Office theme song, and like I loved that as well. So I think those yeah. two... I love Lucy and then the mockumentary. Yeah. I saw were someone kind of two of mine. Definitely. I saw someone point out that the pillows on Wanda's couch are the same as the pillows on the Dumphy's couch in Modern Family. I swear to God it's the same couch. <laughs> like it's I thought I cool. Yeah, that it, it is cool. That, like I said, the production design, yeah. like if anybody is gonna get an Emmy for this show, <laughs> honestly the production design deserves it above yeah, definitely. all. The acting though was really stellar. Too. Yeah, I would say I Paul Bettany and Wanda and then um, the production designer, yeah, like my for standouts sure. for the show. I think my favorite sitcom representation was the Malcolm in the Middle episode because that was the one that, for the most, I was just like, I am back in my childhood. Right. This is the and exact the vi- vibe. <laughs> we didn't also talk about any of the music, but like every theme song was yeah. such a no, great homage. Sure. And then, like, when we got to the Malcolm in the Middle one, it's like, oh, this is such a banger. This is great. Yeah, like, no, it's awesome. And, like, the jokes had the same, like, humor in the landing of, you know, the way they landed in the kids. And it was like. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany must have watched a bunch of sitcoms. Yeah. Or they just grew up with it, too. But, like, they were very familiar with, like, the vibe and the, the timing like, vocal and inflection. the. Yeah. And, like, the. the 
sense of passive aggressiveness or or you know what yeah. i mean like the emotion that they needed to convey in that moment it was great it was it was really awesome um going forward so next week we have a making of wandavision documentary episode mm-hmm. that's going to go up on disney plus and then the following exactly. friday on march 19th we're going to get the first episode of falcon and the winter soldier so we've seen one trailer so far what are your expectations for this show now that we've had WandaVision and we know like what these yeah. MCU shows will look like. Yeah. So going into these MCU shows, WandaVision was the one that intrigued me the most because of like the shtick that they were setting up of like the sitcoms. And I was like, that will mm-hmm. be interesting. But I didn't really, you know, have that much of a of a care about the other shows. I was like, I'm sure that'll be cool, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um but seeing where they went with WandaVision, I am just ready for wherever Falcon the Winter Soldier takes us. Especially because sure. the the banter between those two is just in the movies is just impeccable. So I'm excited to see um where the show yeah, where the show takes us. How about you? Yeah, totally. I agree. I'm really excited for just like the tone shift yeah, of true. like the sitcom satirical elements and fantasy of WandaVision to go to this like spy espionage thriller yeah of falcon and the winter soldier i think um captain america winter soldier is one of the best mcu movies just in terms of like a well-paced action movie i'm really interested to see how they'll break up that story into i think it's six episodes for this one Mm -hmm. um i'm really interested to see how they'll break it up and how bringing back baron zemo from um civil war as the main villain i'm interested to see how his characters evolved since yeah um and once again just what how it'll affect the mcu going forward and based on wandavision i have to imagine it'll have a big effect which is really cool yeah to imagine like um i also love the idea of like this buddy cop vibe yeah that sebastian stan and anthony mackie have so getting to see more of that together and just like a more intimate character story on yeah, their things sure. i think they can just do- take moments to address story elements that they wouldn't have time for in a proper Avengers movie. So I'm really excited for that too. I think that's the thing that I am most excited about with these shows is because they do have more time. They are diving deeper into these characters and getting more up close and personal. It makes me excited for what they can do in this space. And it makes me excited for shows that like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, I really want a Loki show, but it's like, what could they do with yeah. eight episodes of a Loki show? I'm like, much what more they... intrigued by the Loki show after after WandaVision. I'm most excited, I think, for Miss Marvel, to be honest, just because I've been waiting for that character yeah. to come into play. And after reading her comic series, I think a TV show is actually the perfect medium to introduce her because she has her life at school, she has her family, she has her superhero identity. Um, and I just think it could be segmented really well yeah in a television show and i can kind of see that one like i i know what i think it will be Mm -hmm. whether or not that's true only time will tell but so i'm excited for that one as well yeah me too all right well shall we move on to questions with claire let's do it what's our question this week um this week's question is what is one franchise that you would like to see make the jump from movie to tv didn't mean to make that rhyme, but here we are. A very timely question after talking a lot about um, the MCU, MCU shows. T- shows and what it'll mean. And we've c- done coverage of WandaVision. Um, 
we've talked about Cobra Kai. Um, So we're big on these adaptions of film universes into television. Um, Do you have one off the top of your head or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. (laughs) Um, The one that comes to mind initially for me is that I would really love to see a television adaption of Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, I think would be a really cool cool weekly show. I could see like an HBO level of production, but I love murder mysteries and I think like small condensed short form murder mystery shows work really well. Yeah. And I think like if you take the style of Knives Out, the dark comedy thriller aspect of it, I think it could be really cool. I think HBO has the money and the star power to make it really compelling. And um, yeah, that's one. And then my second one would be Paddington, Mm, um, which we're getting a Paddington 3 movie, but I love the Paddington movies. They're so wholesome. They're epitome of comfort food happiness. Yeah. And I loved the Paddington cartoon as a kid. So seeing a week-to-week television show that is age appropriate for children but you know older folks can enjoy as well i think would be really fun definitely i think that's kind of like a sticking point for me is like if if it's a movie now but it was a cartoon or a show when we were kids does it count as i think so like a franchise in my mind is like if there's been more than one film well i guess in the case of knives out it's not a franchise yet but i'm saying they could make it a franchise by yeah making it more than just one film yeah well like case in point the lilo and stitch movies i loved but they had a show on disney channel which was also a really cool show um i saw someone i and i don't know who so i can't credit them but a while ago on the internet some random person was just like wouldn't it be cool if we had like a college age lilo going off with stitch and training with the you know intergalactic Ooh. That could be really cool. Um, yeah, and becoming like a Cobra Bubbles type person, like intergalactically. How cool would that be? Um, but my, it's funny because the first thing I thought of um, when I thought of this question was Percy Jackson. How cool would it be to have Percy Jackson and the Olympians and then the like subsequent spinoff books? Awesome. I know. Um, so yeah, really stoked about that um, for sure. So I think those are my main two. Well, and I was also like, oh, and his Dark Materials is like, it is a show. And that would have been my answer. For sure. So. And I think there are things like within the MCU and within like Star Wars that they haven't done yet that I would like to see happen. But a lot of things coming down the pipe are already, you know, announced. Um, But I definitely think there's always like down the line like i would love to see like fantastic four in the mcu and that's i'm sure coming eventually they've already announced a movie is in the works they haven't said like who's in it or when it's coming specifically but like it's coming so right we'll see what happens with that kind of stuff indeed very very cool well claire thank you so much for joining this week as always it was a pleasure as always (laughs) indeed Um, Listeners, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Some quick housekeeping items. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. We are officially on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Go ahead and follow at Lukewarm Games on Twitter to get the latest updates on our show. And if you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash lukewarmgames for exclusive podcasts, a weekly blog written by yours truly, and much, much more. With that, have a fantastic week, listeners. Cheers and happy gaming.